see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Today, OEM Magazine Editor-in-Chief Stephanie Neal sits down with the first female to serve as an NFL coach, Dr. Jen Welter. Dr. Welter will break down how to reach your own potential, the power of diverse teams, and the importance of authenticity in leadership. Let's listen in. Well, welcome. I'm Stephanie Neal, and Jen, it's such an honor to have you here with PMMI at our annual meeting. And for the benefit of our listeners, can you tell your story of how you ended up as the first female coach in the NFL? Um... You know, I grew up in a small town where football was like a way of life. So I think just like anybody else who watched it, I was enchanted by it. Unfortunately, the game broke my heart at a very young age because it was the first place that I found out um, there was a difference between what boys could do and what girls could do. So it was kind of like that unrequited love for a very long time. When I got to Boston College, I played rugby all four years because it was the closest that I could get to football. And I learned how to tackle, which is always good. Then I went out for the U.S. national team in rugby, uh, did not make it. They told me I was too little. Um, at five foot two, 130 pounds, and currently playing prop, I was literally half the size of the other people that I was going up against. So I thought my athletic career was over. Um, my dreams of being you know, this elite athlete were done. And yet I was teaching aerobics before and after work. I got a real job. I was a headhunter. Funny, I went on to play linebacker. Not that different. But I remember calling my mom and telling her I felt like I was dying a little each day. There had to be something more for me in life. And I was playing flag football on weekends. And the general manager of a team local called and asked if they had any girls playing flag who they thought could play tackle. Full disclosure, I had never really forgotten the tackle part, so they were probably really happy to get rid of me. And I went to an open tryout and made my first tackle football team. And it was like my life had come full circle. And I promised myself that day I would step up to every challenge the game put in my way, though I had no idea um, how big those challenges would be. Well, you've had a whole host of firsts as part of your journey. What drives you to continually push ahead and break through that glass ceiling? You know, I think really dialing in to who you are and what you're, you're about is, is what gives anyone the strength to push past what at times feel like impossible barriers. I had so many things that now I've done in my career were at one time considered impossible. And yet it wasn't my goal to break them down. It was a commitment to being great every single day and being willing to step up to challenges that I maybe didn't even feel like I was ready for. And so one of the things that they've found uh, with women is there's a little bit of a hesitation 
at times to project ourselves upward, right? It's like, you know, if a job requires 10 different things and women have nine out of 10, there's something in us where we feel like we need to overcheck the boxes, particularly in male dominated spaces. Otherwise we won't project up into those things. Whereas guys don't typically have that. Now, a lot of that is the pressure that women put on themselves in that male dominated space, because it's like, you're writing the narrative for all of women, not just a person, right? But if you screw up, like every woman just did, right? And so that is one of the things that they have found. So for the women out there, uh, don't be afraid to project yourself up into it. Guys don't tend to think of it the same way. Guys will see themselves and and push themselves to places that, you know, they they may not even have been ready for, but they were trained to believe that they, you know, that progress is theirs to, to take. And so for me, I, I fell into the same category. It, my first coaching job, I had played on the Texas Revolution, which is a men's team. And then the next year, a new head coach was really impressed by me. And eventually he said, you have to coach my football team. And I said, no, girls don't coach football. I'm not doing that. I've never coached before. I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm that person. And, uh, and you want me to go right into men's pro football? Like, no. And he said, not a lot of guys are going to give you this opportunity. You're taking this job. And I said, no, it was over the phone. And I hung up on him. The next day he called me back and told me about myself. He said, do you remember how I told you not a lot of guys were going to give you this opportunity or were taking this job. I said, yeah. I said, good. I took it for you. You're coaching for me. And by the way, you can't quit. Otherwise the entire narrative surrounding women coaching in men's pro football will be, we had a girl once and she quit. And so one of the things about women, and if you're listening to this, you probably know this is women will often be put in situations that they think are over their head because they didn't project themselves into it. But when we get there, we will not fail because the stakes are too high. So I lovingly say that Wendell drop kicked me into success. Um, and if you're a mentor out there, be committed to drop kicking people if they don't see themselves. Uh-huh. And well, and what did it mean to you to not only have won the confidence of the coaches, but also the Arizona Cardinals players? And as the first female to hold this type of position, how were you able to prove yourself and earn that respect? You know, I think it's about, first of all, I mean, just to to go into the situation where um, the whole outside world, or not the whole outside world, probably half the outside world assumes it's not going to be successful. The first thing that you have to do is kind of fortify yourself from from that chatter because all it can do is distract you. Anytime you're trying to do something different, there will be that narrative and that dialogue. And yet the more time you invest in that, the more you're pulling away from what you need to do to be successful. Everyone's human, they'll all get into it from time to time. But the trick is to snap back into where you need to be and how you need to be as quick as possible. So that was something I knew on a smaller scale, but then to be on everybody's radar for the National Football League that got kicked off with a press conference and all of a sudden you go from being relatively unknown to the face of women in football. You just have to really not worry about that part and focus in on being really good at what you're doing because otherwise the rest of it doesn't matter to I didn't know what it was going to be like when I got in there I knew that Bruce had faith in me he changed the entire game by bringing me in and he lent a lot of credibility to me by being the person who brought me in 
because everybody knows the caliber coach that Bruce Arians is. You know, every every coach has their own kind of background. And for him to have made that move, people knew that it was a serious football thing. It wasn't, you know, he's actually kind of known as being somebody who doesn't play the political game or do any of that. So, you know, he's not somebody that they would have expected that from, except for the fact that he is a, an innovator and he has been somebody who has constantly pushed for minority coaches, but he is just such a, a brilliant football mind and a, you know, a long timer that he lent a lot of credibility to me, which the coaches then know the narrative, right? And the players, you know, they were probably the coolest surprise is those guys knew everything about me before I even walked in the building. They were curious and they were wonderfully supportive. They had watched my game film and to have guys coming up be like, man, coach, I was watching game film. Like you were a beast off the edge. Like I knew it was going to be okay, right? Like the first day of walking out on the field for practice, I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. And then I remember they were, the guys were doing like a, a side shuffle drill. And one of the guys was just high. And I just kind of side shuffled with him. I'm like, hey, you got to get down to my level. I win on this one all the time. And I was like, kind of just joking with them. They're like, I'll get you low. And I realized I'm like, it's, it's football. And, and so I really can't express how amazing that whole situation was because on the inside, it was one of the most magical experiences of my life. You know, the coaches were happy and ready to mentor. You know, they wanted me there and they they let it be known and they made themselves accessible so that I never felt like I was somebody being tolerated. I was somebody being celebrated. And I think that that's what we all want, right? No matter where you are. During your talk this afternoon, you spoke about the importance of recognizing the human factor, investing in your people and being authentic. How did this approach work for you in the NFL? And how do you see this approach making a positive impact in business? What I would tell anybody is, is the most valuable asset that any organization has is its human capital. And it doesn't work without the people. It doesn't work without the relational knowledge and the, you know, the things that go beyond the systems and the processes. And when you invest in that and you truly believe that, you look at exponential growth for your business in, in all factors. I, I I truly believe that there is a difference between a player and a person. Do you just want somebody because they're a player on your team? Or do you value them as a person who plays for you also? And the dimensions of the human psyche are really very simple. I mean, think about this. Think about a bad, bad day that you were having, maybe with your family. Something was going on there. And then you come into work because you have to go into work. How's your productivity that day? It's not the same. Now, I mean, people vary in dimension on how much it affects them, but it's not the same and it shouldn't be the same because mentally your mind can only hold one thought at a time. That's true. So if you're worried about the stuff at home, what you're not worried about is, is what's going on in your everyday life. Now, think about the difference between being in that tough headspace and having a leader or a coworker say, what's wrong with you today? Blah, blah, blah. I can't believe you do this. Okay, I don't know about you, but that does not make me like, yes, I'm gonna work harder. This business is more important. I'm like, mm-hmm, Facebook, you looking kind of good. Whereas what happens when somebody looks at you and is like, hey, you just talk, you don't look like yourself or you look upset. Man, that, that whole world changes. 
Even if you don't feel comfortable talking, what you know is that person values you. And I always say that like when you trust and admire and respect somebody, you'll go to the ends of the earth for them, right? For a football player, we have to do things that, you know, most humans look at and they say, you are you kidding me? I'm not going to run into that big person right there. Or what do you mean there's going to be a hole there that's not there yet? I can't see it. And you want me to run a hundred miles an hour at that hole, trusting that it's going to gonna work? Well, if I don't trust you, if I don't believe that you care about me more than just what I can do in one play, I'm not going to run 100 miles an hour. I might run 95, but will I truly believe that you have my best interest at heart in every way? Not so much. And those, those moments don't have to be huge acts of a production of, you know, let's go out to dinner, let's da-da-da-da-da. It could be something as simple as changing where you eat your lunch one day, sitting down with somebody new and getting to know them and developing a human connection. It could be something as simple as like, you know, just saying hello to people in the hallway every day or a smile or holding a door or just those small acts of human kindness that can elevate everything. And, you know, I know the impact it has. And for anybody listening, just put yourself in those shoes. A lot of the times that's how I challenge somebody is just think of how you are on a team when somebody notices those things or cares or or does a little bit extra for you versus when somebody condemns you or just judges you on numbers that may or may not be on your in your control. Right? There are so many factors that are that are out of this world, but the one that we all come back to at the end of the day is that there's a human element and that human element should not be ignored. Okay, great. Well, what advice would you give to a young woman coming up in a male-dominated industry like packaging and processing? What are some of the strategies and tactics that helped you succeed? First of all, for any woman who is is coming up in a male-dominated environment, realize they don't owe you a spot. I think that that's one of the things that we may not actually face sometimes, and, and I'll explain that to you, but they don't owe you anything. And if you know that they're going to judge you every step, then what you have to do is be so good that your game speaks for you. It speaks louder than your gender, okay? Because if you're going to step into that fight, you're going to need to be better than a lot of the people that you're going head to head, toe to toe with. You know, for me, I still had people when I was first coaching in the National Football League, just straight up on resume. Let's not even think about male or female right now. Let's say four-time Super Bowl champion. Let's say eight-time Pro Bowler. Let's say two-time gold medalist. And, by the way, a master's degree in sports psychology and a PhD in psychology. On paper, that guy would have been overqualified. And yet, because I was a woman, the assumption was that I was not qualified. In fact. One of the biggest criticisms was, well, she never played football. Uh, yeah, I did. And I was one of the best in the world. Well, she never played in the NFL. Oh, okay. There are a lot of male coaches that didn't play football. But when it was a woman, it's, it's not equal footing. So it's one thing to say that you belong. It's another thing to let your game speak for you. Let your game make the argument and then develop allies who know it and will speak for you. When I played on 
the men's pro team um, was probably, it was definitely a, a turning point in my career because all of a sudden, you know, I went from being one of the best women in the world to scratching and clawing and fighting to be on practice squad. Uh, and Clinton Solomon, he was a receiver, came up to me one day and he was like, he was like, you are the best thing that happened to indoor football since I've been here. I just want you to know that. And I'm going to have your back. And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be tough. It will be tough on you. They are going to test you on every level. It hits you harder. And, you know, they're, you know mentally they're, they're going to try you too. And he said, you can't fight all of those battles alone. You got to be a part of our locker room. He said, if you take on all of those fights by yourself, those fights will never end. You stand up for yourself with one guy. The other guy will be like, hey, she's got this. He said, trust me, I will have your back. And... I was a part of what this team was about. I wasn't an outsider. I was an insider, which meant that they weren't going to fight me. They were going to fight for me and with me. And I I think about that as like realizing how much we have to get better at working together. Right? The advancement of women is not about men versus women. It's about realizing that women add value in an equation and to do that, we don't have to fight against men. We have to fight with them. And we have to get better at communicating and supporting and bringing our own value to the table and getting that recognized. But don't feel like because you are a woman who wants to do well in a male space that you can do it without men on your side. Because if there are no women in the room, a guy has to open the door for you if it's locked from the inside and you want to get in. Awesome. Well, lastly, what is your message to men working alongside women like you blazing trails in this industry? Um, you know, for men, I think I want them to know how really things that they may not even think about can be really impactful and to make to challenge them to make a shift to be a good ally in that look at the women and tap into the fact that you you can be a gentleman and you can be a protector and you can be a hero. That doesn't mean that she needs you, but it means that you want to be the man that you would want to work with your daughter or your wife or your mom. It means when conversations are going on and there's maybe comments being said about one of your coworkers who's a woman, shut it down. Like, hey, I don't do that here. There's no way to, would you talk about, would you talk about your daughter like that? Like, what if I said that about your wife, right? Because the truth is that you as a man can set certain standards that would be a fight for her. And you can do it very easily by setting the tone that that's just simply not how it's done. You don't have to call it out. It doesn't have to be a public thing. It can really be a strong pull aside when you're like, hey, that's not cool. The way bullies work is bullies only invest energy when they're getting an ROI. So if everybody at the table says it's not cool to talk about women that way, then be the gentleman. She may never even know and she doesn't need to, but you standing strong in that will make every element of that working relationship so much more positive. And the other thing would be to look for situations where you can dropkick women to success. Um, you know, think about Wendell Davis in that I did not feel that I should coach. And yet he saw something in me before I even saw it in myself. And without him 
pushing me to where I could be, I might not have known it or actualized it. I definitely wouldn't have in that time. So you can be that person who gives some of the women like maybe what what she needs to get to the next level. If you're mentoring and be an active mentor, right? Be like, hey, you know, I love how you do X, Y, and Z. Do you know that if you did this, you would be like a bang out prospect for this job and, and give them a roadmap because often in a space where there may not be women who are accessible at mentors or who are at a higher level, then that's when we really need you to be mentors, meaning look for those women, find ways to guide them and be active in helping them develop um, and take pride in that. Um, not for anything else, but because it's it's how you would like to see women in your own life treated. And I think when we, we go back to that at the core, um, you know, helping people be great is, is good human stuff. Um, and we're all capable of that. Um, it just takes stretching our thinking sometimes and being proactive, not necessarily reactive. You can stop a whole lot of problems by just addressing them head on in a closed door conversation. Well, that wraps up this edition of Unpacked. I hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank Jen for sharing your story. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My (laughs) pleasure. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.